I'm Dr. Anthony Smith of Alashay Center for Enrichment, and welcome to Black Folks Do Therapy, where we endeavor to challenge you to think critically about your mental health and overall wellness. Our goal is to inspire you to align your actions and values so that you might live your life fully 86,400 seconds every single day. We do this in part by asking questions and raising issues that you may not have previously considered. Ultimately, we encourage you to do those things that help you to live your best life consistently, always working towards balance. Today, we're going to talk about expectations with children in parenting, how you go about raising the bar of expectations to get the things that you want to have happen for your children and ultimately for your family. This is very important, and it's something that most people think about, but don't spend a lot of time actually um, processing. We have to think about it because we have to parent on a daily basis if we have children. We don't get to take any breaks or have any time off. It's also important because there's not a manual that anybody gets when they become a parent. You don't have to pass a test. You don't have to get any certification. You don't have to get a license. If you can make a baby, you can be a parent. And everybody has the capacity to make a baby, so at a very young age even. So in a lot of instances in our society, we find sometimes babies having babies in trying to then parent the children that they have. So this is something that needs to have more conversation uh, around. And I spend a lot of time talking to parents about why they do the things that they do and how they have come to do the things that they do. So in today's society, we see a lot of behavioral problems with children. There's a newer age of permissivity that has um, become a part of our culture. So typical example of somebody that I might see, they'll come in and the parent will explain all the various things that going on with the child and why it's happening and they will ultimately list a bunch of things that stand out to me as issues that they need to look at. After I hear the conversation, say 30-40 minutes of the conversation and I'm making my notes, um, I ask a question. What would their parents have done if this was their child? And 99% of the time, the response is, oh, my parents never would have stood for this, <laughs> which is always kind of funny to me, because if your parents wouldn't have stood for it, why are you? And when I ask that question, people have a puzzled look, and they think as if they've never considered that before. And so we then have to go into a deeper level conversation about why they have allowed this behavior to occur when they know that it is not appropriate and they know that it is not going to benefit the child long term. So 
Of course, for many in previous generations, the way their parents might have gotten them to uh, not behave in a, in a way that's not proper uh, in today's society might be considered child abuse. So we're not advocating <laughs> that any corporal punishment or things of that nature. Um, there's a um, educator, Dr. Stacy Muhammad, who has a great book that talks about the myriad problems of corporal punishment and the ideology of where that even came from and why it is not something that we ought to be doing with our children. So if you look Look, um, Dr. Stacy Muhammad, look up her book. Um, she has a lot of good information about that topic. But getting back to my point with the uh, parents and how previous generations would have gotten the point across by engaging in that corporal punishment, their message was clear. They wanted to institute pain to send a message to the child that this behavior is not appropriate and it needs to stop. So how can we take the overall energy of what they were trying to convey and put it in a format that allows us to do it in a way that is more acceptable and responsible to the child? So in, a, in our society, we have rules that we abide by. And if we break those rules, there are consequences for that. I cannot come to work 15 minutes late every day and not expect to get a consequence. I cannot walk into a store and leave without paying for something and not expect to get a consequence. So our actions in this society have to be well thought out, and we have to understand that if we engage in behavior that is not appropriate, then a punishment is going to come as a result of that. So if we know that this is what society requires of us, this is something we ought to be teaching our children. And the sooner we start doing that, the easier that job is. The clearer we set those guidelines and boundaries at a very early age, the easier it will be for that to continue through as a thread of expectations for what the parent requires for their child, and which will then lead into that child being a socially competent functioning adult, which is the goal of parenting. It's not to make our children happy and to give them everything they want and make sure they're not bored. The role of a parent is to create a responsible adult. All of the other things are garnishments, right? They are the icing on the cake. Our position as parents requires us to guide our children and teach them in a way that is going to ultimately allow them to be successful. So one question I often ask parents to think about is, what do you want your child to be doing at 21? What do you want your child to be doing at 31? What do you want your child to be doing at 41? Now, this is not to say that we can control what our children do and what their life path is, but how can we equip them 
with what they need to be successful at whatever it is they decide to do at those respective ages. So typically when I ask parents this question, they will say something to the effect of, I would like to see my child having graduated from college and being functional in their career, making money that allows them to support themselves and be successful. That's great. Sounds wonderful. What seeds are we planting that are going to allow for that to happen? That's what we often as parents are not thinking about. Everything that we do currently is going to have an impact down the line. So we have to look at the seeds that we're planting, the expectations that we're setting, and ask ourselves, are we preparing our children to, in fact, achieve what it is that we say we want them to be accomplishing as adults? So let me give you an example of two contrasting points of view, or rather perspectives, of parenting that's going to yield those results of being able to have a child that makes it into college and graduates and has a successful career. So I had a seventh grader come into my office last week. He was reading a book on mathematical theorems. I said, wow, that's a pretty interesting book. Um, Why are you reading that book? He said, well, my mother thought it would be a good book for me to read. And I might get some things out of it that would be useful. I said, oh, okay, interesting. Asked him to let me see the book. And as I perused the book, it was, a quite, it was quite a dense book, and the theorems that the book was talking about were something that I would think a graduate-level math major would be reading. And even a graduate-level math major might find this book kind of boring. <laughs> but, hmm. It said something to me. Um, That same day, I had another probably eighth or ninth grade student come in. And incidentally, this kid was reading the book in the waiting room as he was waiting for me to talk to his parents. And I came out and brought him back. And that's what he had been doing. And his younger brother, who was seven, was also reading a book that was appropriate for him. But the older kid was playing with Legos. Now, which one of these kids do we think is going to have more of a likelihood of making it into college? Of course, what the seventh grader was reading might have been too much. Uh, We certainly can have that discussion, and everything's about balance. But the goal of getting the child into college and raising the expectations for him to be able to do that in terms of giving him a book that is beyond his years, the muscles that are created in doing that are the ones necessary for building people who are going to be doctors, lawyers, CEOs, accountants, who will be the ones calling the shots versus the ones who will be listening to the shots being called and doing the bidding of those who are in charge. We need everybody. So this isn't a value judgment about which career choice is better or which job is better. Every, every job is, has a value. 
it's a matter, the question becomes, what do you want to be doing for the rest of your life? Would you prefer to be an attorney or would you prefer to be working in a gas station? Both of those are needed, right? We need a physician and we need a waiter. Both are needed. So somebody has to do these jobs. What do you want your child to be doing and how do you want them to be living their life? Because the other question is an economic one, right? If you're doing a job in a gas station or as a waiter, you're probably not going to be making as much money as the person in other occupations, which means that life will be more of a struggle for you. Of course, you can find happiness anywhere. You can find happiness without money. But certainly in this society, having access to means and resources like that make it a whole lot easier. So we want to try to encourage our children to find ways to make sure they are giving themselves the best opportunity for success. And that comes from parents who have to raise that bar. So raising the bar as an example of what you read, as an example of the chores you do, as an example of the grades that you deem necessary for them to bring into the household. We as parents get to say what that is. And so going back to the example of the parents who say, oh, I never would have accepted that. Well, you don't have to accept it either. You can say, I don't want you to do X, Y, and Z and make sure that that does not happen. Right. You can convey that message in a way that is clear and concise and you don't have to yell. This is the one of the one of the rules I give parents is you don't have to yell. You can say what it is that you need and get what you want and allow whatever consequence you set up to be the thing that shapes the behavior in the way that you want it shaped. Right. So what does that look like in real time? It's just words until you make it clear. So let me make it clear. Teenagers, by definition, are supposed to think their parents are stupid. If you look up the definition of teenager in the dictionary, it will say people between the ages of 13 and 19 who think their parents are stupid. That's just what it is. So don't get mad about that. You know, they are supposed to think their parents are out of touch. They don't know what's going on. That is fine. As a parent, we know we've been there. So we understand that. So I'm never going to get mad at a teenager for being a teenager. Instead, I'm going to be very clear about my expectations and what the consequence would be should that expectation not be met. And I'm going to let the consequence deal with shaping the behavior in the appropriate way. Why? Because at the end of the day, the teenager needs me. I don't need the teenager, right? So as parents, a lot of times we think, oh, I got to make them feel good. I got to give them this. I, have to, I don't want their life to be as quote unquote hard as mine was, but your hard life created your success. So of course, everything is in balance. Don't try to make it all easy because there are lessons to be learned from the adversities and hardships that we face. So we are shaping that whole 
actions and consequences, we're shaping that mentality by what we allow our children to do or get away with. So we're, if we're able to say, if you do not come home at 10 o'clock, you will not have your phone for the next two weeks and you will not have any electronic access for the next two weeks and you will do a report for me, a five page report on a current event. Right. Those consequences nobody wants to do and have to deal with. But if you engage those consequences and hold the child to that, then it will shape the behavior appropriately. Now, of course, I think it's fair for you to first be very, very specific and very, very clear about what the expectations are and what the consequences will be. It's not fair to, oh, they did something and so now you're just going to throw it on them. No, write it out and be very specific and very clear and have the conversation with them ahead of time so that they know if I do this, this is what's going to happen. At that point, they can't be mad at you if, in fact, they get a consequence. They can only be mad at themselves because they are making the choice that doesn't give them what it is that they need. So when you have that conversation, you can then go through every single thing that happens that you don't like. And you can write out what your expectations are under grades, under chores, under respect and behavior. And you can write out what an age-appropriate consequence should be. Now, don't err on the side of making the consequence too light because the child will just go, uh, okay, I only lost my phone. I'll just go get, get on my tablet or I'll go on my computer. I can text there too, so it doesn't matter. That way, the punishment becomes like a gnat. It's like an irritant, but it doesn't really motivate change. It needs to be enough that it affects the child and goes, this is very, very uncomfortable. I don't like this. I need to change my behavior. So these are some of the approaches you can take to shaping behavior and making sure your child is listening and following through with what you want. And you never have to yell. You never have to get upset. You simply say, oh, you didn't come home. There's your consequence. And the consequence shapes the behavior. So I hope that's very clear. If there are any questions about um, drilling down on this, and I'll be speaking more about uh, other parenting tips and, and approaches in future podcasts as well. But I wanted to have this conversation. I've been talking a lot about expectations and how to uh, raise that bar. I have a have a picture in my office that says no one rises to low expectations. So parents, please make sure you're raising the bar for your children. Don't make it too low. They don't have to rise up for that. Let them expand their ability to be critical thinkers and to process information. Raise the bar for them so that you're planting seeds that will allow them to be successful, competent, resourceful adults performing at their optimal level. In closing, I want to remind you to always be a critical thinker as it relates to your mental health and well-being. We always want to inspire you to consciously question your choices to ensure that you are doing those things that bring you happiness and fulfillment. 
please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and share the information with others who might benefit. Connect with us on Twitter at HeartMindHealer and visit our Facebook and Instagram pages at Alashe Center, A-L-A-S-E Center. Our website is alashe.net, A-L-A-S-E.net. And feel free to contact us for any consultations or questions you might have. Things that I might be missing, running too fast to stop to listen.